Hello, welcome to our first episode of the Digital Bond for 2022. If you're new to the podcast, in each episode, we sit down with one of the brightest minds in innovation, technology, and entrepreneurship to explore their professional journey and find out what makes them tick. We're starting the year off with a fantastic pod featuring a brilliant advocate and change maker for diversity and inclusion, Dr. Elizabeth Shaw. She is both the founder of Moxie, as well as 1000 Black Voices, a fantastic organization that supports black founders and CEOs with industry-leading product, business design, and technology mentoring, and provides a catalyst to funding and tech support. Microsoft are one of her key supporters. I first met Elizabeth in 2019 when I spoke on a panel discussing the ethics in AI. I very quickly became inspired by the work she was doing and was keen to get involved with 1000 Black Voices with their outstanding mission of promoting black founders in digital. She also has been at the top of our list for this podcast, so I'm massively grateful for her to take the time out to speak to me. During the conversation, we discussed the barriers that black entrepreneurs often face why representation and recognition matters, and how organizations can be more proactive in improving diversity and inclusion within their workforce. Yes, it's great to have uh, Dr. Elizabeth Shaw here today from uh, Moxie Global. So Elizabeth, it's been, what, a couple, well, three years since we first met in a face-to-face um, event way before the, the pandemic. Uh, so this, that was obviously, seems like a decade ago. How have you been? Gosh, <laughs> yeah, you say three years since we met and, you know, such a whirlwind since then. And yeah, it's just uh, great to be here. Thank you for inviting me to speak on the Digital Fund podcast. And uh, yeah, I'm just excited to have this chance to chat with you. But yeah, I'm fine. Thank you. Yes, yeah, so a happy 2022. So obviously there's loads of great things um, that have been happening and it's not as if that we haven't been talking for the last three years, um, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, we've been, uh, we've been talking quite, quite sort of regularly, probably um, less so this year. We had had a couple of conversations, but certainly lo- lots of... Um, We've been working a lot together um, last year. So, so obviously, I just wanted to also thank you for giving me the opportunity to do great work with 1000 Black Voices. Um, but yeah, before we go into kind of what you're doing, it would be great to hear a bit more about your your, your backgrounds and why you why you are where you are. And Yeah, that's, that's cool. <laughs> thank you. Well, first off, you know, all the thanks come from me to you because you've been supporting the work we do all through you know the past few years and uh, it's just been tremendous to you know work with you so thank you and you know just talking about I suppose what's been driving me what we've been doing what I've been doing as well is I suppose giving you a little bit of background I've been dedicating my life to empowering the potential in people and really regardless from of you know where they're from what they look like social status um you know and i've been lucky to have wonderful people supporting uh, which is why you know i i'm really thankful that you know that you've invited me onto this podcast because you and cyberduck have been this solid rock of support um in in what we're doing and i really i want to take the chance to to really say thank you to other people as well that have been supporting, giving their energy, 
expertise, expertise and voice, um, you know, that this podcast, you know, I'd fill the podcast up if I was to go to mention them. It's that, that many people that would be supporting us. So I'd like to say thank you and that you are appreciated. And with uh, some of the reflections on what we've been doing over the past few years, my own journey, first of all, you know, being a BEMA 100 champion for change uh, within the first year of, you know, operation of A Thousand Black Voices and um, being the first AI and blockchain accelerator in the UK focused solely on black founders. You know, um, these are some of the things that we've been doing and have achieved, but we have only achieved this by the support that we have, you know, from the wonderful network that we've been building. So, um, you know, it's, it's important to, to note that these achievements are achievements of a broader network of individuals and people. And so moving on from there, is really, you know, this interest in, I'm going to mention a, a bit of interesting technology because we do quite a bit in the technology space. And um, I think, you know, working as a systems analyst some, some years ago, early on in my career, <laughs> and then technology remained a key interest since then, but, you know, developing um, understanding of information systems, uh, some coding as well, uh, though, Danny, please don't ask me to code. <laughs> don't ask me to code. <laughs> don't ask, or... <laughs> ask me to code either. <laughs> you know, because uh, <laughs> my experience has been limited, um, and it's uh, quite a few years ago now. So, you know, but it's uh, technology is a key ingredient, you know, um, in my current role and in my partnerships with, you know, technologists and people that are working with us to deliver results so just wanted to mention that we are supportive of a um a wider society and, and broader industry as well but technology is an area that uh we find you know we understand some of the challenges that are going on within that particular space and obviously um the space that you're in as well so further than that i suppose just thinking about uh some of what i've been learning it's been quite a journey, I, I suppose, being a, a black person and uh, thinking about the challenges that I face and that black people today and throughout history have faced, you know, racism, uh, classism, I suppose, also being a black woman, sexism, you know. Um, but notwithstanding those barriers, black people and those that have faced persecution, you know, they've shown great resilience. And I'm hoping that today... Uh, and and throughout the rest of uh, the time, you know, my life as well, that I inspire others to have, I suppose I'm going to say confidence, uh, resilience, enterprise, dexterity, I call those, that's my cred, that I <laughs> think, you know, it's important to, uh, you know, think about how you use your cred to face the challenges that life throws at you. And um, that's something that I try to do uh, every day. Um and in saying that, uh, when I'm talking about my background, I just like to pay tribute, I suppose, personal tribute to my parents and, and their commitments in making me who I am today, because I come from a background of entrepreneurs, entrepreneurial family. My dad ran a, a driving school. So I learned a lot from him on how to manage clients, uh, but really more about engaging with clients, I'd, I'd say it that way. And doing that with empathy and 
demonstrating a shared understanding of their experiences and what he did, you know, and, and I understand from the work he's done and the talks he's given me, it's just been priceless. And my mum, uh, she uh, helped people with their health problems, you know, supporting, tre uh, treating and healing uh, eye problems. And people came from quite a distance to, to see her so that she could help them. And, you know, that commitment and compassion in helping people is something that I, uh, I hope that I, you know, share and do well. <laughs> I've got a lot, lot of learning still, but, you know, she developed, you know, before they called it social enterprise, uh, she was a social enterprise, you know, it's coined a term, but I, I take so much from my parents. So I think, you know, I hope that gives you a bit of, uh, you know, what I value and, and where I'm mm. coming from and, and why, you know, I'm doing what I'm doing. And then, yeah. No, it's always it's always fascinating, you know. So, so when there is um, somebody that um, let's say a young a young child that grows up surrounded by entrepreneurs, potentially not even in their family, but potentially friends or other relatives, I think it does have a huge um, huge influence and almost an inspiration on them for the rest of their lives. So so absolutely, and um, no doubt, you know, you've taken these kind of virtues and have applied them to your to your um to your growth and to your uh ultimately career and the fact that you're a, an entrepreneur who's providing a platform for entrepreneurs is 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 incredible it's in, it's incredible and um obviously when we first met you were talking a lot about that there's a relatively low amount of black entrepreneurs compared to let's say white entrepreneurs and is that part of the problem that you're trying to solve and why do you think this problem exists in 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 the first place and i i guess also is it sort of unique in 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 the uk is my, is my question as well here all right okay well if i just provide some background onto some of, into some of the things that i'm doing and lead towards that i suppose so things that we are doing is to increase diversity in tech build awareness of opportunities, help people develop their confidence, their skills, and supporting this agenda, we, we help founders around the world, uh, women in the UK, Africa, Caribbean, and young people in schools in the UK. So we've got quite a broad agenda, which um, I work through with Moxie Global as a leadership development company, um, where we offer school booster programs, but also leadership development from entry level through to exec level um female techites which you know provides programs to build um technology fluency and economic resilience you know through tech again and entrepreneurship really and then i founded a thousand black voices um to tackle the disadvantages that people face black people face in industry and broader society and our mission is to act as um, a change maker uh, helping people organizations communities to achieve critical inclusion and economic resilience so it's really key that i mentioned um equitable inclusion you know it's got to be authentic uh inclusion and so that sort of brings me to you know the problem that you know you asked about uh and that's what i i guess would i'd say brings me to the table um striving for change where we live in this equitable society, no racism, where racism is no more, that, you know, it's some, a, a dream is that it's it's in the past, so you read about it in the history books, 
you know so being proactive in this this agenda is important for us and the problems are huge deeply entrenched you know, I, I believe that the world's never needed anti-racism and racial equity more than it does now with, you know, the, the times that we're in and um, what needs to happen now. And so we have a main goal in raising awareness and action. And I refer to this as our four R's. You know, these are the problems that we're trying to address. Racism, representation, recognition and reward. And that's how I see the problem of lack of black inclusion and racism. And so I suppose take racism, you know, um, giving you a few stats, 75% of workers in the US are subjected to racial discrimination, 75%, three out of four people. I mean, it's horrific. And then, um, you know, if we're looking at uh, the likelihood of abuse, racial abuse, it's, it's, it's really high uh, in that sense. And that's a, a US st a statistic. Let's just give you a, a UK stats then. Um, in the UK, six stop and searches for every 1,000 uh, white people, but compared to 54 of every 1,000 black person. You know, and this is a disproportionate treatment. It's been recognised by the uh, Constable and Fire and Rescue Services, Her Majesty's Inspectorate, and they have recommended that there needs to be more emphasis, you know, on... Uh, reasonable grounds for stop and search. So it's recognised. Hate crime is up 131% um, over the last nine years in England and Wales. And the majority of this is racially motivated. Well, actually, I'd say 75%, in fact, um, the figures are showing. Uh, and if we just think about the times we're in, according to the Home Office, you know, the increase in... in uh, uh, these these hate crimes is really from first of all 2020. Uh, there was a backlash from uh, racist individuals and groups against uh, Black Lives Matter matters and racial you know the racial awakening that happened uh, that was sparked with the murder of George Floyd in uh, the U.S. So uh, hate crime was much more apparent then, and you know it's really shocking to just see the level of of racism. Uh, in the workplace in the UK, discrimination costs the UK, you know, billions of pounds uh, of lost output every year, you know, when it comes to lack of belonging in the workplace. And, and I'm just still talking about, you know, racism. All, all of this, uh, you know, is, is something that uh, we're trying to tackle. It's going to take time, take cultural change. It's a journey. It's a process. And, um, you know, I talked about the four R's. Representation is one. Boards still uh, lack diversity. In the US, only 8.7%. Uh, there's only 8.7% uh, black representation at board level at the Fortune 500. And, you know, that's if, if you're looking at, say, a, a community, a black community at 13.4% when it at the last census, then, you're, you know, it, it just shows, you know, the um, disparities. And little, little progress has been made because, first of all, there was a loss of five seats. Five uh, seats uh, from the Fortune 500 were lost, five seats that were occupied by black people. So it seems as if we're going backwards, you know. Uh, I mean, why is that happening in such a time of uh, awareness, 
you know, uh, supposed to be open to, to change. And in the UK, it's even worse. Um, no black leaders in sight when we're talking about uh, the C-suite of our top 100 uh, UK companies, you know, and there's this feeling still um, in the community that, you know, you're the only in the workplace, only black person in the workplace, you know, feeling that you're possibly the token black person in the office. Um, so these, you know, these are challenges that um, we're seeking to address. And recognition, uh, let's look at uh, possibly um, academia, higher education, for example. You know, black female academics are not recognized for the work that they do. And actually some of the work that they're asked to do doesn't support their progression. <laughs> you know, it doesn't provide the evidence for, for certain progression routes, for, for the criteria that's required. So why is that? You know, so in 2020, there were only 35 black women professors in the UK, 35. Okay, let's give you a comparison. 12,860 white male professors, and you have 35 black female professors. Okay, let's look at white female uh, professors. 4,900. So demonstrating there's gender disparity there, yes, but worse still, you're still talking about 35 black women professors. So gosh, it, it just seems like the, it's an uphill battle, isn't it? Because if we look at black founders, the, the, the challenges that they face are the many barriers, um, despite showing an increase of 30% uh, higher um, return on investment than white founders, you know, they, they're still not access to funding. And um, I think it was just about 0.14% of female-led businesses gained VC funding. So it's, it's just uh, an old situation to be in. And if we're not looking for VC funding, we want some sort of funding, say a loan, 0.17%. <laughs> you know uh it's it's just it's just awful uh and yet uh if we give uh just demonstrate 36 percent of black businesses are owned by women so i've just given you some women, uh, stats i'm a woman so you know just thought i'd mention <laughs> make some mention those stats but what's really um awful problems here and uh if i just quickly pick up on reward at uh, that level, black women are least likely to be among the UK top earners. And then also uh, female entrepreneurs are struggling to make ends meet. 37% uh, of black female business owners made no profit last year. No profit. So, sorry, what uh, was that percentage of, uh, again? Sorry? What, what, what was the percentage? 37% of black female business owners. And that's in a 2020 report published by the British Business Bank. Well, so that, that's obviously high. Yeah. And I know that we've been going through a terrible, terrible time with the pandemic. Um, you know, this is stark, stark, um, you know, the situation that we're in. So just wanted to pick up on, you know, demonstrate the problem with through some statistics to, to highlight that there is evidence, evidence to demonstrate uh, racism, discrimination challenges that we're all facing here in the black community.
yeah, no, obviously these are deeply rooted in, I guess, society. It starts potentially even with schools, right? It starts in communities. It's not something that starts in the workplace. So, so it's a complete mind shift um, is, is required, obviously, in each each particular country. That, so obviously there's multiple um, nationalities that listen to our, to our podcast. So obviously everyone will be thinking, okay, yes, US, UK, but obviously there, there's other territories where, where probably this problem is as, as prevalent and potentially even worse. So absolutely. Um, and obviously if you think about entrepreneurs, they essentially power the economy. So, so a lot of businesses, some of the greatest businesses, organizations, charities, wouldn't be here today without entrepreneurs. So obviously entrepreneurs have a, a massive role to play. Obviously you mentioned academics, which again is their contribution to society is also um, invaluable. Um, but with our focus on, on entrepreneurs, um, that's obviously what, what you're doing. You're, you're providing a framework and a platform for these black entrepreneurs to, to climb, to succeed, to um, obtain funding, and to get the practical advice and support that they need. So, so, so um, obviously, reflecting on my own journey as an entrepreneur, you know, when I first started, I had to figure things out. I wouldn't say that I personally had a strong network when I started my entrepreneurial journey. I had, obviously, you know, my parents that I would I would chat to, a, cu a couple of friends. Um, but obviously, the more support that you get in the early days, the better the networks um, the easier it is for an entrepreneur to to succeed. Um, so, what what sort of level of support, besides obviously Moxie Global and yourself, what, what sort of support do Black entrepreneurs receive at the moment, in your view? Okay, well, from you know what we do, uh, we run the, the accelerator program. You know, we've got, for example, the fact that first of all. There's underrepresentation when it comes to ability to scale your business um, and in scaling to employ people, employ, employ you know people to support you in that. So in the UK, there's you know one uh, percent only that are able to do that of underrepresented groups. So it's a minuscule, and so we help support on, uh, entrepreneurs to scale their business and be able to. Um, take on employees to grow their businesses and also get funding. And um, well, you know, simply put, we engage the services and support of um, uh, organizations and uh, community to come together and build a community. I believe that anything that we're doing has to be done in collaboration um, to build a, a community that drives the economic, you know, resilience of the black community, but broader as well. So we're really pushing hard really for that for that to happen. And uh, we sustain that growth. We help sustain that black-led tech startup growth. And our accelerators really help stimulate innovation and growth. We are, you know, you mentioned um, that your, your global organization and our you know, listeners and your community are from around the, the globe. And we are a, a global organization. We have an accelerator that brings together businesses from around the world. And um, we, we've had businesses from the States, Africa, Europe, Australia, you know, so, so far, uh, uh, you know, uh, 
uh, far and wide. And, and that's really important for us to break down silos that happen because of geographical boundaries. So we focus globally so that we're inclusive. We help um, our partners and our clients make decisions uh, that are inclusive and, inclusive and develop collaborations. Um, and so that's really important. We found that that works for founders uh, because then they understand really what's happening on the ground in those particular locations. And they've got people on the ground that they can partner with if they should so wish. And that's been happening in the, the ecosystem that we've been building. So that's really great to have, you know, that view that break down geographical borders. So you understand the, not just the business environment, but the cultural experiences and perspectives that enable you to develop great products and relevant products for, for those that in those, uh, you know, locations. So, um, you know, last year we partnered with uh, Singularity Net, uh, it's the decentralized AI network. And we were seeking there to, you know, make sure this is a, there's more black representation in that space um, because AI, you know, is something that everyone can benefit from at the moment. And our black tech uh, accelerator in um, collaboration with Singularity Net provided technical advice uh, and mentorship as all our, our um, accelerators do. So, you know, with our understanding of the challenges that black founders face, and that's key, that's a benefit that we bring um, that others don't bring because we focus very much on um, black founders and understand the challenges they're facing. Our accelerator really helps them then to extend them their knowledge and use of various te technologies. You know, AI was is one example, AI on blockchain. And the fact that there's this demand now for new technologies and the fact that technology is, uh, you know, it, it's really the the use of that, the adoption is increasing. Um, it's, it's important that black founders get into this space and um, do well in this space. So uh, we really think about the fact that we're tapping into these very really exciting emerging startup economies as well as more mature markets to help them on their ladder and to the next journey, uh, step of the journey. We have accelerators that run from eight weeks to 12 months to a year, actually. Um, we have run uh, quite a number. In the last year, we ran uh, three accelerators. We're on one at the moment. And we believe in providing relevant and practical support um, that, that our founders can implement now in their business and think about for the future of their business. So it's it's very relevant. We provide expert advice on business transformation technologies through workshops, um, through our leadership series, our founders gain um, understanding of how to manage challenges in leading, you know, through uncertainty, of course, uncertainty. We've been, we're going through a lot of uncertainty at the moment, aren't we, with uh, everything that's going on. Uh, innovation, trans, uh, transformation, uh, and growth. So these are some of the things we do. We also have a collaborative forum, which you know is based really on Q and A's, uh, and that's really to again provide some deep dives into the challenges they're facing, the tools, the technologies, the solutions. Um, really important for our founders, and and a lot of feedback is you know great feedback around this is that they are gaining access to networks that they wouldn't necessarily have, have been able to previously. 
you know, networks of uh, leaders, investors, corporates, uh, government. And, you know, they're providing valuable insight and support. Um, and that happens also through the mentoring that we offer for them to achieve their business goals. So, you know, there's there's a lot that we bring into our accelerators, um, as well as hackathons, which help them to develop problem solving for the community and develop new services that they can add on to their products. So there's a whole range of various different aspects to the accelerator programs that we we offer. And as well as that, it's really about finding out what more we can do, what more value we can bring. And to do that, we look to the support of you know, our community to, to engage in understanding further what is happening out in the, the space and what else can we, we can do. And, um, you know, like I said, you know, over the past uh, couple of years, we've uh, been very lucky to support um, a founder raised uh, 300,000 uh, euros last year. So that was uh, pre-seed, that was fab. <laughs> I mean, amazing. We haven't been running that long, but, you know, it's really down to the amazing, amazing work that they do. Uh, that was Paysica, um, a fintech focused very much on um the African continent and uh, we also have our founders raising grants uh, we've got an award-winning techie health health tech company you know that provides innovation uh, innovative uh, telemedicine uh, solutions actually um, so we've got a number of uh, fabulous um, startups in the ecosystem we've been able to partner with other organizations as well Microsoft is is one of those you know, helping founders to gain access to, to you know, technology and founders are able to go on onto that as well. So it's it's great because we understand that, again, it's back to collaboration. We have a sort of a ladders approach, actually. You know, we, we engage with um, other accelerators, you know, on the continent as well as other places in the world, you know, to then feed into our accelerator. And we, and we then provide access of our, our diverse founders, our black founders, to other accelerator programs where they can then uh, access funding. You know, there are other accelerators out there. So I'd really recommend to to founders, our black founders, to consider the, uh, you know, the, the ecosystem and where best, you know, they can uh, gain access to funding, gain access to the supply chain. But you like you mentioned, Danny, the need to develop networks. It is key and core to growth. No, absolutely. I mean, I think networks is is the key word, and obviously, um, yeah. If I look back at my own entrepreneurial journey, it can be extremely lonely because obviously, you, you, as, as an entrepreneur, quite often you don't have someone to to talk to. You know, when there's, for example, challenging times, that they're, they're, you know, you can't exactly go to your investor and tell them all your problems because they'll essentially lose confidence or. Or, or beat you even beat you up for it and and um yeah you can't talk to your bank manager and and sometimes your accountant you know doesn't understand things because they haven't run a business before and equally the same applies to a lawyer right they're not business people they're they're, they're service professionals so 
having a network of other entrepreneurs that have been there, have done it before is obviously invaluable. And I think, I think from, from what I'm hearing and from what I've seen as well is, is black um, entrepreneurs or wannabe entrepreneurs don't necessarily have a comparable network to let's say a white entrepreneur. I mean, is, is that correct? Or is that just me making an assumption there? <laughs> no, that's not an assumption, Danny. You know, actually that is what we're hearing and what we see and what we know um, that the networks are really challenging to get into to broaden that that sphere and and that is a real benefit of joining uh, an accelerator like a thousand black voices because we open up the doors to um, networks like they say that they wouldn't necessarily have access to or would have had to pay thousands and thousands of pounds for um, on a different kind of relationship you know and, mm. and found mentioned that as well some feedback that hey, they're coming onto these programs, they don't necessarily have the funding, but they're still being able to access top experts, leaders in their field, you know, that are giving them advice and are, are really providing, you know, really invested in making, you know, helping them make it work. No, absolutely. And um, I, th I think on the flip side, like if you think about bringing um, more... Or, or if businesses, obviously you mentioned that there aren't enough um, black leaders or black uh, board members in, 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 in the top 100, let's say, FTSE businesses. Yeah. Is, it, is it because people just haven't read the Harvard Business Review and McKinsey where kind of diversity is a superpower? What, what is going on? Because there's been so much academic research into how diverse teams, you know, triple your ROI and make you more profitable. Because ultimately, if you have a diverse team, the, pro your, the products and services that you manufacture or create as an organization will be more inclusive because you've already considered, you've considered that a big percentage of the population are black, for example. What, what is going on in the world? Why, why, why haven't all of these smart people um, been able to do one plus one? That, that's my question to you. <laughs> I don't know why they haven't been able to do one plus one, Danny, but what I will say is that, very simply, uh, I want to make a strong point that um, a business case to justify putting resources towards, say, anti-racism initiatives, diversity inclusion, you know, it's been made time and time again, like you've just mentioned, it's made time and time again. So the focus now needs to be much more about talking about how and not why there's been a lot of talk about why so let's move on there has mm -hmm. there is talk there is that that balance there but you know there's still this you know uh the fact that if an organization is still looking for the business case to prove why inclusion is valuable to the bottom line then what is going on you know that 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 organization isn't serious isn't taking uh racial discrimination seriously so the focus needs to be on, on really how we align our business objectives to diversity and inclusion objectives. And so we do that at Thousand Black Voices to support organizations to build, you know, an impactful racial equity strategy. And this requires alignment with the business goals. We work closely with uh, leadership teams to frame what we call the North Star Diversity and Inclusion Ambition. And, you know, that will guide um, intention, not to be intentional, 
and thoughtful inclusion protocols, policies, systems, behaviors. Um, so, you know, when you talk about the business case, this is where it needs to lead to the how, the purposeful action, you know, because there's been a lot of talk about diversity, inclusion, you know, um, black squares, um, you know, there's this wonderful, what, what, how I put it is this wonderful technicolor coat that you're wearing, it's fabulous. It's, it looks like you're doing great things. Once you open up the coat and inside, you know, it's not the same. It's not the same. It's not actually what you're saying that's happening inside the organization uh, when you take the coat off. So, you know, we really um, need to, well, it, it, you know, it's, it's really challenging. You know, when it comes to diversity and inclusion, let's just put it this way. Many of us want to know that we're doing the right thing, you know. So um, we help organizations to be collaborative to develop a trust-based approach to authentic equity and inclusion we do you know so we do that in a number of ways group sessions one-to-one coaching um you know as a vehicle to move organizations towards aligning business goals with operationalizing their their racial equity and justice so yeah we ask those challenging questions you know danny we ask those you know that these have got to be considered but they've also got to be acted on to hold these businesses or, or for them to hold their business to a higher standard, you know? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It has to be authentic because quite often it could be a tick, tick boxing exercise, right? And that's what we want to avoid. We want to, as a society, see diversity as a superpower rather than, you know, something that we need to do because of corporate governance policy, right? So, so that's obviously... 110%. And obviously, in terms of like the entrepreneurs themselves, because clearly you, you want to support as many as you can. Um, I mean, I, I guess there's a few questions I have about entrepreneurs, like when is somebody ready to be an entrepreneur? Uh, that's obviously my first question, because sometimes like when I first started Cyberduck, which is the business, the digital agency that I run, I, I, I was sort of contemplating for about five years before I actually was ready to start it so that that's obviously a point that i want to discuss with you and two is there's different types of entrepreneurs in a sense where you could be working within a corporate organization like a large conglomerate and they for example could turn around to somebody and say look we want you to start one of our startups within the organization so, so would you consider someone like that an entrepreneur and could you support them on 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 the program as well yeah well first off you know um when is someone ready to be an entrepreneur well first of all you know it depends like you said there are many different types of entrepreneurs and some um entrepreneurs start out, start out due to necessity that, you know, uh, this is going to be my living. Uh, I have nowhere else to turn. I can't get a job. I was laid off, and uh, which many people were during the last, uh, over the last year. And I, I need to, you know, do something to feed my family. And to, to, so I start up a, um, a business. Um, so there's that side of things, of course. Um, there's also the, the viewpoint that, you know, developing the confidence to, to bring your innovation to, to light, but really having to understand that there needs to be some research behind this to make sure it's successful. 
uh, and that, that you can actually, you know, that the, the market wants it, needs it. There's market fit, um, product market market fit in this in this case. But, you know, so there are lots of different things that, you know, to consider that out of necessity, someone will just start up their business because, you know, you have an idea, you need, you need to earn some money, I'm going out there. But still having to understand, you know, you need to think about research, you're not going to be able to raise any money if you don't have a business plan, if you haven't got a clear roadmap um, on how this is going to be developed and, and move forward. Um, so these are some of the things to, to consider. But also, um, if I just think about uh, having uh, imposter syndrome in some cases, you know, that you have mm-hmm. done, you have got this, you've done this, this work in your company you want to now think about doing it for yourself because actually you've been very innovative in your organization. You drive the projects, you take them to market, they are successful. Um, so, you know, but thinking about then having developing the confidence to go out there and, and, and put yourself out there and actually um, be willing to fail also, you know, you don't just go into the market and it's, 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 uh, you know, first time that might happen, you know, but, you know, there's also that ability to, you know, start thinking about, well, um, I, I could fail here and uh, what, what is my, what am I going to learn from that to actually then put into the next, the next business that I'm developing. So there are lots of different things because if, you, if you're suffering from imposter syndrome, you, you know, reach out to have those conversations, to develop the confidence and your networks can help you do that. We can help you do that um, in, you know, the, our coaching, the workshops we deliver, but also the mentors that we, you know, that would be speaking with you and supporting you moving through. And um, the last question, I suppose, with regards to people already working in an organisation and developing products. Uh, yes, they're entrepreneurs. They're intrapreneurs. We call them intrapreneurs. Um, they are, you know, innovative uh, solutions to life in their organisations. And... Um, they, they're actually driving the innovation, building the innovation, driving the innovation internally. And yes, we support those, you know, types of entrepreneurs as well. We have, uh, you know, accelerator programs for businesses to drive through the, their innovation to, you know, take to market. But also thinking about who they can collaborate with to bring a different kind of thinking, different perspective into, into that development, um, you know, a startup, external perspective to support their their progression talking about who they're actually marketing you know who they're building these products for and engaging in the conversations in you know say for example the the black community and bringing bringing that perspective to it there's so many brilliant minds out in the world why limit limit yourself to a certain subset of you know subsector or um, of those brilliant minds, bring bring all the brilliant minds together to actually um, put forward their uh, understanding, their insights, their perspective. That you know, and that drives innovation. So um, no, it's been it's been really fascinating hearing you know your story, um, as well as as kind of some of the societal issues that you know have existed and sadly continue to exist but also hear about the hope and and not necessarily the why but let's be pragmatic the how you know what are we going to do to solve the um 
the, these issues. So, so in terms of obviously um, talking to the Digital Pond audience, um, so besides obviously black entrepreneurs, you know, so if you you are listening, reach out to Dr. Elizabeth uh, Shaw. Here she is. <laughs> Just reach out to her. Um, she, she can obviously support you and in, in, um, help you grow. What, what other um, types of organizations are you, are you looking for uh, to get support from who, who can potentially get involved with with moxie global or 1000 black voices are there are there additional mentors that you need in particular areas um now's the opportunity to 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 um yeah just broadcast to the digital bond community and ask um for some support Wow, thanks, Danny. That sounds so overwhelming, actually, <laughs> when you put it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, well, let's just say that, let's think here. Talking directly to your audience, Danny, that, well, there's so much that um, A Thousand Black Voices can do with their support, your support, and talking directly to you. Uh, connections need to be made. Um, could your 2022 and onwards uh, be a resolution to provide more active support for Black-owned, I'd say, infrastructure businesses, you know, like A Thousand Black Voices, you know, that um, addressing barriers that are causing uh, ethnicity disparities for Black-owned businesses uh, that are still underrepresented and underserved within the UK and globally, so, you know, connections need to make, be made. Danny had, you know, mentioned mentoring. Yes, please, please, please get in touch. By working with us, you know, an organisation that understands the experiences of the black community, uh, you can provide uh, the business levers, the sponsorship and engagement um, required, you know, for the development of our, you know, black businesses and the black business ecosystem but the broader ecosystem you know it's an ecosystem of like i said brilliant minds all coming together to solve the solutions that we're facing at the moment in the world also supporting us in improving uh data um recording of gender and ethnicity within the space you know within the ecosystem and also accelerating the the, the positive actions that we, we're taking but also those that are supporting us are taking in developing i think what i call culturally competent tools in shaping um the pathway to success for you know diverse entrepreneurs for all of us actually and likewise um a collaboration of enterprise government startup you know driving innovation from these diverse perspectives can support development of products and services, you know, that take, again, the, take into consideration the black experience and cultural experience, awareness, you know, from um, the UK, US, Caribbean, European, African markets. So enabling a thousand black voices to provide that enabling environment. <laughs> I've said twice in the sentence, but you know, uh, for, for enterprise and startups to build awareness of, you know, these various different nuances of black culture and business ecosystem, you know, in different um, countries. So what I'm asking is 
that you share how you feel, how you work, and um, how you want to progress uh, with us and you know, drive that collaboration and trust-based approach to, to what we do, um, you know, developing and supporting startups, uh, supporting and driving diversity inclusion practice. And um, you know, we look forward to supporting you too on, on your journey because it's, it, we're all learning in the, this whole process of the collaboration that I'm, I'm seeking from you. So please get in touch. Perfect. No, Dr. Elizabeth Shaw, thank you so much. That, that's been so illuminating. And I think um, I've, I've personally got so much out of this uh, particular show. And um, yeah, thanks again. And um, no doubt we'll see each other soon and talk soon in, in, um, in, in our work together. So um, yeah, have a great rest of the day. Well, thank you for having me. Um, it's just always amazing speaking with you, Danny. And uh, I'm looking forward to, to catching up with you again soon. And yeah, thanks again to your audience for listening. I hope I hope there's something there that you know they'll be able to take away and and uh, find is valuable for them. Thanks so much for listening. If you're interested in learning more about the great work that Elizabeth does with 1000 Black Voices or want to get involved, you can visit her website 1000blackvoices.com or follow her on Instagram and Twitter. They are at 1000blackvoices as well as LinkedIn where the company handle is 1000-black-voices. You can also find Cyberduck on all the major social media channels, including Twitter, where Cyberduck underscore UK and Instagram, which is Cyberduck UK, all in one word. And of course, our website, cyber-duck.co.uk. Hope to see you soon on our next podcast. Thank you.